Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber and I am a personal transformation specialist. I practice this through feng shui and organization, coaching, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, and all that spirituality woo-woo. My mission in life and goal with this podcast is to help you achieve total freedom and optimize your life by building confidence within your mind, body, and spirit. I'm here to tell you that confidence is not something that you earn, rather something that you learn. And with confidence, personal, time, and financial freedom are already manifesting deep within you. So if you love personal development, spirituality, and shit that blows your mind, then you are exactly where you are meant to be. I already know we are going to evolve to a whole other level together. So without further ado, let's take the next step on your journey of becoming Confidently You. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber. I am your host on your confidence building journey. And I am very honored today to have a special guest speaker with me. Her name is Carolee Rast. I am proud to say she is a very good friend of mine and also a mentor and coach that has helped me through some of my confidence building journey. So I'm very excited to have have her on the podcast today. Hello, Carolee. How are you doing today? Mm, hello, Amber. Hello, listeners. I am doing so good. I'm so excited to be here uh, talking with you. Um, it always kind of like gives me like little butterflies in my belly when you like introduce me <laughs> as like your mentor and your coach. You know, I'm just like, it feels so like honoring and nourishing because you are such a, a powerful, badass woman. So I, I love being uh, slid into that category. So thank you for that. <laughs> Oh, thanks for saying that. Yeah, I you really are have been a really great coach for me and kind of a catalyst on part of my journey. So I'm really excited to talk with you about now that I'm thinking of it, like the thought running through my head right now, this may be a concept that you introduced to me. Today, we are talking about healing or overcoming ancestral trauma and healing the lineage. So Carolee is a holistic love sex relationship coach. And so I've brought her onto the podcast today to talk about this topic. And maybe it's not something she specifically specializes in, but it's certainly something I've heard her talk about. And I love hearing your thoughts on it. So let's start off with you telling us about yourself, what it is that you do, you know, your purpose in life. What is it that you do and that you love? Mm, Yeah. So yeah, I work as a embodiment coach and a transformational facilitator. And I use my training from the Tantric Institute of Integrated Sexuality, where I graduated as the holistic sex love relationship coach. Mm. And really what I do is I help people to come home to their bodies. I help people to make sense of the energy, the emotions, because that's what I believe our emotions are energy in motion. So the electrical, chemical, hormonal impulses that are affecting our major organs um, and systems. So like when we feel anger, for example, um, you know, we are flooded with cortisol and adrenaline and or when we are feeling love and happy, right? We're flooding our system with like dopamine and serotonin and norepinephrine, right? And so many of us have never really been given permission and or taught how to deal with this type of energy in our body. Um, as kids, right, we're, you know, don't throw temper tantrums, behave yourself, um, you know, hold it all in, 
kind of stuff is really like perpetuated in our culture and our society. So in that sense, that's how I help people to come home is to get comfortable with these sensations, this energy inside of them and learn and or receive the messages from that, right? You know, our bodies are speaking to us all the time, but we travel around in like literally a walking, talking head, essentially. We always try to like rationalize and make sense of things instead of like feel things and be with things. Yeah. Well, I I already, I mean, I've heard you like explain your work multiple times, but I've already taken away something new from that that kind of blew my mind, how you said emotion is energy in motion. And I think that is so true because emotions are just chemical pulses or electrical pulses that are running through our body. And I love that you just simplified that by saying Mm -hmm. that it's energy in motion. So thank you for that. So I'd love to hear about your journey and what guided you to do the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So really what guided me to end up where I am today, it definitely started um, by having kind of a tumultuous childhood, if you will, or, you know, growing up teenage years. Um, That's why I really identify with, you know, the lotus flower. Um, You know, it starts in the mucky, murky bottom and it works its way up into, uh, you know, blossom to this beautiful flower. And I believe that so many people in our world, that's kind of their start. Um, The work that I'm doing in the world, you know, stems from that. And I had three friends and a cousin commit suicide before I was the age of 23 years old. Um, I was sexually assaulted by somebody that I knew. And I really just learned how to pack it all in. I was a very masculine girl. I identified more as being, you know, a tomboy and hung out with more guys than I ever did girls. So feeling and releasing this energy really that was accumulating in my body from, you know, the trauma of losing friends, the trauma of not being able to fully express myself or release this energy and having it just like build upon itself, you know, with multiple instances really just shut me down. And it shut me down to the point where, I thought it was better not to live than to live at all, right? You know, I was suicidal. I had written out my suicide note and I was coming to the terms of, you know, who was going to find me? Who was going to be the one to like come in and find my body? You know, I'd played the scenario because of the multiple friends that I'd had, you know, commit suicide and heard the stories of, you know, who found them. And that is really what kind of like triggered me because I realized it was probably going to be my grandma because I lived with them um, in their house in Lethbridge at the time. And I just remember thinking, I was like, I can't, I can't do that to her. I can't, I can't let grandma be the one to find me. And it just like broke my heart. It broke my heart to think of my grandma, you know, walking into the room and, you know, having to make the phone call and do all the things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, ooh, just even still, so it broke me open. It broke me open from this numbness that I had shrouded myself and I was completely numbed out from feelings, emotions. I was using drugs and alcohol, um, you know, and, not going, um, you know, to the places that were so scary, because I didn't know how to handle this, like, you know, this core wrenching, gripping, ripping feeling in my belly, you know, I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to talk about and or put words to anybody about like this crushing weight that felt like I was, you know, suffocating. Um, I didn't know how to say that, like, I didn't, know how to feel laughter or joy or nothing made me want to even smile anymore. I didn't know how to have a conversation about any of that. 
but thinking of my grandmother coming in through the door and finding me, that's what like, you know, opened up this like huge amount of love because like, you know, so many memories of my grandmother, you know, and how she's taken care of me and loved me came flooding in. And that really like set me on the journey of like, how did I get here? How did my friends get here? How, how, how is it that we have this beautiful, wonderful life that we are given and so many of us, you know, want to end it or get out of it. And really, truly that was because I realized I did, I wasn't feeling anything. I felt numb. I might as well have been dead is essentially where I was at. So I started on a journey of figuring out, you know, how to, how to pull myself out of that, you know, how to, you know, deal with the depression, you know, um, and it started, you know, at a very young age and I've accumulated many techniques and processes and um, went through very, uh, like a lot of modalities to really heal that within myself. And then it became my mission, my purpose, my passion to share that with other people, which really comes back down and around into, you know, the love that we have for ourselves, you know, the ability to receive love, give love and led me into and down the path of, you know, what, what is love in a desire sensation based body that led me into the work of sexuality that led me to um, the Tantric Institute and to you know, now sitting here today is really the core of like expressing, feeling, giving, receiving love. Wow. Yeah. I love all of that. I, again, I've heard you talk about your work so many times. I've heard you share your story. I've like freaking edited your, bi your, your bio for a nonprofit <laughs> we're both partnered with. I know all this stuff about you, but to like Every time I hear someone's story, I always take away something different from it every time. And what really struck me with what you said today is you talked about the lotus flower. So I actually have a lotus flower tattooed on my back. I too very much so identify with that sort of well, imagery, I guess, with, with, the, with the lotus flower and how like birthing out of the muck and how you can always turn into something beautiful. Um, I also really appreciated how you touched on about numbing your emotions because something that I've learned and actually something I'm going to be talking about in the next uh, podcast episode is that you cannot selectively numb emotion because mm -hmm. you were saying that you, you numbed your, your discomfort, but then you also um, blocked yourself from feeling joy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to, you have to go through the realm of emotions if you, if you want to experience joy. So just, I'm, I'm so pleased to hear that you, um, you had that understanding yourself and that you embraced, embraced and leaned, may I even say leaned into the discomfort so that mm -hmm. you could find your way back to joy. That's Absolutely. great. You know, and that's one thing that I've, I've learned about, you know, love in that sense. It's like that door that swings both ways. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. work properly to only try to swing it one way, um, you know, say because of the design of the house or whatever it is, you know, like our house is the way that we're designed. We're, we're designed to have that swinging door, you know, of um, both emotions moving back and forth. And we just aren't taught how to regulate our nervous systems and we're taught that we can handle, you know, the, the, the dark or the bad or the negative, the things that we've deemed as you know, improper to feel and or express in our society. Yes, absolutely. So when we're looking specifically at um, ancestral trauma or overcoming ancestral trauma in the, line the lineage, well, if there, there might be some lis listeners on here that don't even know what that is. So could you uh, share with us in your own words what overcoming ancestral trauma is and what the lineage is and how um, experiencing this for yourself has affected you in your life. Yeah. 
So first, like, what is generational trauma or ancestral trauma? And that essentially is trauma that isn't just experienced by one person, but is passed down from one person to the next generationally over and over. You know, examples can be, you know, racism. Uh, we could look at slavery. We can look at surviving the Holocaust, um, you know, sexual abuse, you know, within mm-hmm. our families. You know, all of this is um, basically any type of prolonged psychological stress that is passed down from one person to another. And how this is done really in so much of the work that I've really been diving into, because I, I work you know, as a sex love relationship coach, but I've really been zeroing into working with women and their bodies and cycles mm-hmm. and all of that. But essentially, you know, we can think of, and we know science, science can help prove, you know, some of this stuff or, you know, has data in and around it. But um, when women are pregnant with females, with other, you know, girls to come into this world, Um, they are born with and formed all the eggs that they're going to have in their lifetime. So essentially, um, I was in my grandmother's womb inside Mm -hmm. of my mother. So really what science is able to kind of like really show us is that, you know, things that my grandmother experienced, things that were stressing her out, her ability to receive or give love or not, you know, in so many ways and areas, her ability to deal with stress and or things that stressed her out in her life, has traveled down and through, you know, into my mother and into me. Um, And we know this, you know, on a scientific level, you know, different DNA strands are activated, um, you know, the way that offspring, children from the Holocaust um, have been studied and or watched and followed, and they have higher states of anxiousness and stress um, and inability to, you know, easily be triggered and so too with their children. Um, This is, you know, absolutely something that is handed down and, it's not just, you know, the big traumas, right? Like the Holocaust, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be, you know, mild, um, low grade, you know, traumas of saying, you know, not living in a community where you were accepted um, Mm -hmm. or like the outsider, the outcast, right? So really um, what I like to think about is with, in terms of, you know, generational trauma, um, it's the lines that we travel most frequently words spoken, habits of living, uh, company kept. Eventually, um, this defines the range of our lives. And repetition has the power because it builds energy over time. When uh, something is repeated, thoughts, action, movements, patterns, you know, from our parents, from our caregivers, um, it takes on a structure and a pattern that is energetic at its core. And this is how rituals and traditions uh, become meaningful. And their repetition is what gives them this tangible form. Lineage is passed on through the same way, you know, and so how our, our parents, you know, were in their lives and things that they experienced absolutely show up in our lives and our bodies today. Um, Sorry, let me know if that's making sense. Absolutely. I'm soaking it up like a sponge. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So... And how this is, is, you know, I've noticed it impacting my life or, um, you know, in ways that it's shaped me, um, you know, looking at my relationship as being a woman, you know, and I look mm-hmm. at my, my mother's relationship, you know, with herself and, you know, what it meant to be a woman for her. And then looking at my grandmother and, you know, what it meant to be a woman for her. Um, you know, my grandmother came from a very, um, you know, hardworking, you know, I wouldn't say, um, 
we definitely weren't middle class, you know, probably lower class. She, you know, she helped her mom raise a lot of the children. Um, you know, they were a farmer, a farming family, farmer wives, uh, you know, in her lifetime. And she was really much about like, you know, get things done, work hard, you know, make things commitment uh, or get your commitments done. And what I remember, you know, grandma, you know, she was always there to cook us meals and, you know, clean up any scrapes and make sure we were bathed and cleaned. Um, but she wasn't an overly loving and affectionate, you know, woman, you know, she didn't really have a lot of time and space if we were having a meltdown or, you know, I've felt like I was being picked on by my older sisters, right? We were just supposed to like, you know, smarten up, snap out of it, you know, get on with it. And then looking at how that has impacted, you know, my mother, you know, um, now as an adult, I can understand and see, you know, my mom was the yeller of a family in the family, you know, if she needed you or if something needed to get done, she would raise her voice. And like, you know, it was very, it was very curt. It was very sharp. It was very, you know, we don't have you know, time for softness and feelings. And not because my mom isn't a emotionally sensitive person. She's so sensitive. You know, she's one of the, you know, most sensitive people I would say we have in her family. She cries very easily and she's, you know, full of love and emotion. Um, but the way that my grandmother was, you know, she didn't really open up a space and a place and show her how to use and move that energy. And therefore it showed up my, in my mom in certain ways. And I now have noticed it shows up in me in certain ways. You know, this generation, generational handing down of how to be a woman, which is like, be tough, you know, don't show your emotions, you know, be productive, you know, make sure you work hard. You know, these are all kind of things that have been passed down for me um, that has impacted my life. And the not showing the emotion, you know, that is what really, you know, got me when my friends were committing suicide, when I was going through, you know, a lot of these struggles is I didn't know how to release this energy. I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to, um, you know, be received in what it was that I was feeling. Yeah. So would you say that when, um, when you, after your friends had committed suicide and when you were comp contemplating that yourself, was this kind of like an aha moment for you when you realized like, the happenstances and circumstances that brought you there was that kind of like your aha moment okay how do I turn this into something positive or fulfilling for myself I think it took me a while to want yeah. to kind of change and transform that you know it took me a while to get out of the the dark and the depressive state you know that I was in um but once I got out of it, once I was feeling my body, once I was able to, you know, have some difficult conversations with my mother and, you know, my grandmother and have them kind of rally around and support me, um, it was then that I was like, okay, like, we need this, the world needs this, our family needs this. Um, and it was really then of like, how can I use what I've learned and what I am learning to help other people in the same situation? Yes. So... What did those, um, you mentioned that you were um, in that depressed state, what sort of action steps did you take to get yourself out of that state? So first one was going to um, see a counselor or a psychiatrist after um, I had, you know, written my suicide note and realized that I had almost done the thing that I was so mad and so angry and so rageful towards my friends that had already left me. Um, so talking to somebody was the first step on my journey and letting, um, letting some of this energy out by actually speaking about it, um, you know, to somebody. And then from there, you know, she started, um, you know, leading me into work, you know, to caretake my mental health in that sense. And 
Uh, the next really big jump and step that came in for me was doing the work of Daniel Laporte, uh, desire mapping, you know, really coming into how do you want to feel in your body? Because I'd woken up to the fact that I was very numb in my body and that, you know, I was lacking, you know, these things that made me feel joyful and good in my life. Um, but it wasn't until I started uh, doing the work of desire mapping that I really started to understand that like this electrical, chemical, hormonal impulse language that's flowing through my body is so beautiful and so uh, indicative, you know, of how I'm living my life, how it is that I'm showing up. So, you know, figuring out my five core desired feelings, you know, that is one of the things now that um, anytime I'm asked to do something or go somewhere or even hang out with people, I check in with my five core desired feelings and see if it meets at least three of them, then I will show up, then I will, you know, uh, entertain it or I'll go for it. But if it doesn't mean at least three of the ways in which I want to feel in my body, I don't do it. And, you know, for those of you that are, you know, interested, um, you know, those five core desired feelings is I want to feel powerful, you know, so that means that I want to feel my, my shoulders go back and down. I want to feel confident. I want to feel like I'm safe to tape up space and, um, you know, share who it is that I am. So I want to feel powerful. I also want to feel jubilant. You know, I want, I want to be smiling. I want those bubbles of laughter and joy, you know, coming from my belly <laughs> and spreading up through my throat. Um, another one is I want to feel nourished. I want to feel as much as I am there to show up and be my authentic self. I want to know that it is safe for other, I'm creating a safe space for other people to do it as well. So I want to feel nourished. I want to feel warm. I want to feel open. Um, the other uh, core desired feelings I have is that I want it to, you know, feel balanced. I want there to be in a sense because of what I do, you know, I want to make sure that I'm just not the one that's showing up and giving something, you know, I want to know mm -hmm. that something out of it as well. You know, it's and that ties into nourishment. It needs to be balanced and it needs to be nourishing, mm -hmm. you know, so all of these kind of like turn into, you know, how do I feel in my body, you know, and that is just something that I had to do the work of, you know, in order to get where I'm at. So figuring that out was the next step in my process. Um, after that was, you know, my training at the Tantric Institute of Integrated Sexuality, and really diving into the unconscious subconscious messages that I held in and around what it meant to be a woman, what it meant to live in this body. So I figured out how I was feeling in my body. But then I started examining the narratives and the stories that I had about living in this body. I love how you were able to touch on all of the mind, the body, and the spirit. You, like, everything you just said completely encompassed what I'm here to do with this podcast, here to, like, help people uh, build confidence within their mind, their body, and spirit to achieve that sense of personal freedom, personal liberation. And to me, like, what you just described there, um, those five what did you call them? The five core desired feelings, five core desired feelings to me, like those all like touch on, um, a sense of personal freedom, like have, um, feeling like you can be powerful unapologetically, how, you know, achieving that balance within yourself and, you know, everything that you just said and like something about taking up space. What was, a? Oh, what did you say? Um, that was my, yeah. Feeling up power, you know, feeling powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling like you could take up space and that it would be accepted. And I know that when you say that you're talking about your energy, you're talking about the, 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 mm. all, like almost the physical space that your energy takes up because it does. I think that really, it really does. Like just because we can't see it 
doesn't mean that it's not there. We all have this like personal aura that some peoples are more tangible than others. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that is, you know, one thing that I love about, you know, the work that you're doing, Miss Amber, you know, and helping people to become confidently themselves and confidently be able to take up that space, you know, confident yes. enough to know what does my energy feel like? What do I want to bring, you know, to the table? And how do I want to feel, you know, in my body? Everybody wants to feel confident. Everybody wants to feel that, you know, shoulder down the back, wide open heart, you know, um, you know, chin slightly lifted, you know, fearlessness to walk into a room or anything. Yes. Yes. And I think that it's important, important to point out that confidence is not something that you have to earn. Mm -hmm. It's something that, you know, that it should just be. And if you, if you don't have that natural feeling of confidence that you don't have to earn it, but you can learn how to be confident. So yeah, I really, (laughs) really passionate about that. (laughs) So when uh, looking at your own experiences with um, healing lineage, um, how has this changed the dynamics with uh, change the dynamics of your relationships with um, those women in your family? Because that seems to be who you're specifically talking about is the women in your family. So how did those relationship dynamics change? And with yourself, how did that change with yourself? Yeah. So I look, you know, kind of at my lineage and, you know, a lot of what the women in my family, you know, taught me to, you know, essentially like be safe, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, to be a woman, you know, was to make sure that you, you know, were hardworking, you pulled your weight, um, you were nurturing and loving, you know, you, you respected your family, like a lot of respect was put in there. Um, but it didn't really provide me with a, a basis of knowing myself as a woman and the power of my feminine, you know, my feminine body. Um, so things that have shifted and changed in that relationship is that I feel so much more comfortable, um, you know, in my own skin um, around, you know, the women in my family, you know, I, I feel more comfortable to essentially, you know, be more than just hardworking and, um, and loving and nurturing it. I feel more comfortable to be, you know, um, I feel more comfortable essentially to be attractive or to be sexy or to be a woman. Um, you know, I feel more comfortable to, you know, have conversations about connecting with my partner, connecting with myself, because again, um, you know, just even recently, um, at a Christmas, um, I invited my family into a, a kind of like a gratitude or a sharing circle. And, um, as we were opening our presents, everybody went around and shared one thing that they loved, appreciated, or were grateful for, um, for the person that was opening the present. And, you know, it got a little emotional and, you know, some tears started to flow, you know, from my papa, from my mom, um, you know, from, you know, from me and um, my, my grandmother, you know, she was like very, you know, kind of uncomfortable with it. And she was like, okay, we can stop crying now. Um, let's just move on. And I was like, no grandma, like, I want, you know, to experience this. This is not sad tears. It's not, you know, something that's bad or wrong or um, inappropriate. You know, this is like so normal. So I feel more comfortable to show up and, you know, speak my truth in and around that with the women in my family, which in turn allows us to open and heal. Um, You know, one of the things I know that I've said to you before, Amber, is that, you know, when we do the work of healing ourselves, of doing our deep interpersonal work of coming home to ourselves, not only are we healing ourselves, we are healing two generations behind us and two generations that are to come. Um, because, you know, for me, I, I, I a thousand percent see the damage that we have in our society, in the patriarchy, 
the patriarchal society in which we're living. And again, I just want to make sure that I'm clear when I talk about patriarchy, I'm not talking about men versus women. I'm talking about the societal structures that have kept us separated from ourselves, each other, and mama earth. It's not about men versus women. It's about, you know, men have suffered within the patriarchy just as much as women have in some ways. Mm, Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so living in this, you know, patriarchal society, you know, one of the things, um, you know, I, I so clearly see, you know, in the women in my family is that like work hard, you know, um, be productive, you know, make sure that you are, you know, adding value to the people in and around you. And that is very, like, very much outward energy. That's very masculine energy. That's that's showing up, that's doing. Whereas we don't really honor, you know, the feminine, which is the energy of being, you know, being soft, being vulnerable, being with your emotions, being um, open and honest about, you know, trials and tribulations, you know, that we've experienced, you know, that's not something that we really talk about in my family is like hard things that we've done or faced or are going through. Yeah. I, I feel you kind of gave me goosebumps. i not kind of, you did. You gave me goosebumps <laughs> when, when you said that when we heal, the lineage that we heal two generations behind and two generations forward. I feel like this is something that really resonates with me uh, actually like today and this past week specifically. Um, I mentioned to you the last time that we talked a week and a half or two ago or so that I had written a letter of forgiveness to um, my abuser of my childhood sexual trauma. And I know that I'm not the only woman in my family who has experienced um, sexual trauma. In fact, I know that it goes back generation, generation, generation. It's something that we have been struggling with in my, in my bloodline or my lineage for a long time. And I am really feeling the power of the work that I'm doing as an individual. And I'm watching it have this profound domino effect on, on, on the women that come before me, my foremothers. And I mean, my son, my son is too young and, you know, hasn't gone through any traumatic experiences yet. So, I mean, I don't see, I don't see that work yet. I mean, I'm sure that I will as, as life unravels, but I, I'm, I'm really embodying this experience and taking it seriously about, you know, the more that I focus on my own healing, the more that my mom will heal, the more that my grandma will will heal. And when I have these, my, my mom actually was over for coffee this morning. And, um, I, I mentioned to her that my abuser wrote me a letter back and it was actually very powerful, uh, very emotional, but, sincerely apologetic and I I can't help but feel a sense of forgiveness all over again and just just love really like I've really gotten to a point where mm, I'm no longer emotionally like attached to to what happened to me I feel like I can speak about it matter-of-factly and that's kind of that was the goal for me to Mm. I guess like be on a podcast and talk about like childhood trauma when like a year ago I couldn't even be truthful with myself about this, let alone share it with the world. And so now I see my mom going through her own healing process and taking inspiration from me, Mm. which is so humbling and humanizing really. And, and to see my grandma begin to go through this healing process, it's just, it's so amazing and to like 
to feel that, that healing going on. I just, I just love it. (laughs) Yeah. So beautiful, Amber. And, you know, honestly too, you know, in my family, you know, the fact that I've been able to, you know, have these conversations, you know, about feelings and emotions, you know, it, it is, it's like creating that ripple effect. And I'm, I'm getting to learn more about my mom and my grandmother than, you know, I ever have known before because Mm -hmm. work that I'm doing is absolutely influencing them and, you know, go back true and to, you know, any future children you or I have, right. You know, um, especially if they're young girls, right. You know, they are going Mm -hmm. to have developed already. So our granddaughters too are going to be impacted by this openness, this ease, this energy, this empowerment, you know, because, you know, the thrum, the energy in which that, you know, we hold not just our energy, but like what we are creating in our life, whether that's a human or whether, whether it's the work we're putting out into the world, you know, it's going to carry forth. It's going to have that ripple of, of health, of healing, of integration, of, um, of confidence really. Yeah. And speaking of confidence, how would you say that this process, you know, even if it's not just about healing the lineage or ancestral trauma, but your whole journey, uh, healing journey in general, how has that consciously made you feel more confident? Hmm. Honestly, it's, it's having that, that faith and that trust in my body. Yes, it's confidence. Again, it isn't just headspace. It isn't just telling myself that I'm a badass and telling myself that I can do whatever it is that I want to do. You know, telling myself that I, you know, look pretty, you know, Mm -hmm. that realm is it's like, I feel it in my body. You know, I feel, you know, it's, it's a warm golden heat, you know, that generally tends to start from my solar plexus, you know, which is the chakra of Manipura um, that houses our willpower, our self-esteem esteem, our um, inner wisdom, growth, really, you know, the power to grow, to be seen, to, um, you know, get out there in the world. So for me, that's, that's really what this journey has, has brought to me and what I hope to bring to you know people is that feeling inside of themselves that they are unstoppable that they can trust themselves to show up to um, do and accomplish or set intentions or goals and you know achieve that to you know have the people in the life that they want to get rid of the people that they don't want in their life you know it's it's really that that lived body experience what this journey has brought for me yes I love that I love how you also um, noted how it's an internal experience and how, like, I like to think of confidence as building a house where if you have a false sense of confidence, there's no foundation. You, your house is shaky and you never know when it's going to tumble over. Right. Whereas if you start on the inside, well, that means that you're building a strong foundation for your house. And then once you have that foundation, you can build this beautiful house and start working on the external world because a false sense of confidence relies on external circumstances. Whereas uh, a true sense of internal confidence comes from building uh, strength within the inside. So I uh, love that little segue that you gave me to, yes. <laughs> to talk about that. <laughs> so I, I have a, a thought-provoking question for you. What is a, a thought or a notion, feeling, or opinion that you have about, about your line of work that may be unpopular to society or maybe that it's uh, a, a unique to you, like something that you've experienced maybe? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, this is a this is a, a tough one. Um, but I'm <laughs> I'm here to be open and honest and and share. And so I think one of the things that maybe I think that I I don't really um you know talk about a lot, but that might be unpopular um, mm-hmm. in that sense is that I believe it all starts with women. You know, um, we are the ones that are raising the babies. We are the one that are carrying the babies. You know, I believe that, you know, so much of what can be looked at and traced back into, um, in terms of ways that the world is going to evolve and heal, it starts with women. Um, and not to put pressure on or accuse women or, you know, add more to a plate, you know, uh, of mothers and people who are trying and doing the things, right? Like it's, it's very much though, um, you know, we aren't taught to, you know, look at our bodies as something that is sacred. We aren't taught to honor ourselves. We aren't taught to tear caretake for ourselves first and foremost, right? You know, we're very much taught to, you know, give to other people, be the nurturer, be the mother, you know, in that sense. And um, it's something that I think is maybe unpopular is that I, don't think we should be giving as much as ourselves as we should. I think we need to be more selfish. I think we need, you know, an education, um, you know, around our bodies, around our sexuality. Um, you know, even just looking at the U2 movement, right? You know, the conversations that that started and prompted, um, you know, again, echoing, you know, forwards and backwards, you know, I think so many women, oh, hang on, I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> Duh. Too movement. Yeah, the Me Too movement. And where was, yeah, that popped in and I had, oh, I had something to say about it. But I guess either the case, um, it starts with women, you know, and it starts with us being, oh, maybe having the confidence, you know, to, you know, to speak about these hardships, you know, um, yes. to band together to support each other. You know, when we talk about, you know, I, I hear a lot of talk and I, I thousand percent believe in it, you know, the witch wound, you know, the sisterhood wound, you know, that is very much something that's alive in our collective of women not trusting each other, you know, of being in competition with each other. And that very much comes from a time, I think, when, you know, it wasn't just about boys and, you know, job promotions that we were competing. It was about, you know, keeping our family safe. It was about not burning at the stake or being drowned in a pond, you know, mm-hmm. um, So it starts with women coming together. It starts with women, you know, um, empowering and encouraging each other, which I see so much of in the world now, which thrills me to no end. But we still have a lot of work to do, I think. You know, there's still a lot of, you know, sisterhood wounding out there that prevents us from, you know, fully stepping into this, you know, evolution, again, that I believe is starting and needs to come from within women. And that might be unpopular. Uh, I love how, I I love everything that you said, because I, hearing you say that, it helps me understand your work a little bit better, which actually brings me to my next question is, how does your business specifically help others or women um, overcome these types of feats that you are talking about? What do you focus in on with your work? Yeah. So really the last little while I've been focusing on introducing cycle syncing to women, which is understanding the menstrual cycle that we all go through. And when I talk about menstruation, it's not just, you know, or the menstrual cycle, it's not just shark week. It's not just that, you know, three to seven days that we're bleeding, you know, Mm -hmm. the entire month, the infraradian rhythm um, that we ebb and flow through and have four distinct phases. So in my work, I'm really trying to, to teach women to empower themselves to come 
again, home to their bodies and trust their intuition, their inner wisdom, um, you know, find that voice inside of themselves that have been, you know, shoved down and suppressed, which I liken and correlate to the wild woman within us. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that wild woman. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, baby. This is my, and this is, I think the energy in which I exist in my feminine form is the wild woman energy. And so too with cycle thinking, you know, it's one of the things I, I teach within my program um, is the four powerful feminine archetypes that show up energetically in our lives all the time. And they are, you know, the maiden, the young, the curious, the um, untouched by the world, you know, has the confidence and the faith of wanting to check out and do or try anything. Then there's the energy of the mother, right? The nurturer, the, the one who gives birthing, you know, things into the world. Then there's the energy of, you know, the wild woman, the woman who knows herself, knows her business, will stand up and fight, you know, for what she believes in because she has the power and the know-how to do so. And then there's the crone, you know, the or the sage for people that don't like the word crone. But I love crone, um, you know, because the root word of that comes from that kua, which is a very like feminine empowered, like queen, kundalini, um, kanalingus, kind, commitment. <laughs> <Cunt>, yes. <laughs> you know, so the crone is, is the wise woman. But in our society, you know, you see so much and hear about like the maiden, the mother and the crone. You don't really hear a lot about the wild woman. And why is that? Because so much, again, of our society, this repression of the feminine, um, you know, this archetype in particular, it's not something that the patriarchy wants and or is celebrating, you know, a woman who will stand up and speak for up for herself, who, you know, is in tune to an inner knowing and inner wisdom that seems a little witchy or, you know, um, <laughs> you know, esoteric almost in a sense, right? You know, woo, we try very hard. yes, yes, <laughs> we try very hard to live in our heads, right? You know, make logical sense of things. Whereas the wild woman, you know, it's like animals and their instincts. You know, you don't know how a wolf knows you know, certain mm -hmm. things in terms of migration and energy patterns, that kind of a thing, right? Like animals have an inner instinct that, you know, sometimes we just can't explain. So too does the wild woman. And that's something that I, in my work, am hoping to elicit and invite um, other women into is this wild woman energy, this powerful energy, you know, this confident building energy that you have it all within you. You just need to figure out how to tap into it, unlock it, unleash it. Absolutely. I have... Um... I've taken your cycle syncing course, as you know, of course, but for the listeners here, I've taken Carolee's cycle syncing course and it has truly helped me optimize my energy. So even with planning this podcast, I am ovulating right now. I know that my uh, communication skills are at their highest when I'm ovulating. And I know that I put forward my best energy when um, my energy needs to be offered to other people. I know that I have the most energy to offer when I'm ovulating. So I purposefully scheduled my podcast recordings to occur during this week. And I've been loving how that has been going so far and really just honoring, honoring my body for the energy that it has throughout my cycle like and just go in with the flow haha ha, quote yeah. <laughs> going with the flow and I I gotta say that I am really loving taking a break from life on my first two days of my bleed mm, yes 
Yeah. You know, again, this is this is the part of the feminine, you know, that I think, you know, definitely comes down through our from from generations, you know, again, looking at my mom and, you know, my grandmother, you know, work hard, you know, show up, get things done. There's not a lot of, you know, um, information passed down in and around the menstrual cycle or honoring our bodies in that sense. And I think I forgot to say my fifth core desired feeling, which was honor. You know, I want to, mm, yes. I want to, you know, um, have that reverence or feel connected to, you know, the divine in some way the divine in me, the divine in others. Um, you know, so if I don't feel there's an honoring in some way, shape or form, and that also then ties into honoring my body, honoring where I'm at in my menstrual cycle. And I too am ovulating Amber, you know, so it's so cool to be, able mm. to, you know, say yes to doing this podcast, you know, at a time when both of us are, you know, so able to, you know, communicate and want to be speaking up and be seen and be heard and have this be something that feels so good and juicy for both. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I, I love that. I also have the freedom to really embrace this about myself and admittedly, it makes me feel, mm, makes me feel maybe dismayed for the women that don't have the freedom to really embody this part of themselves. But I'm also very grateful that there are people like you out there that are doing this embodiment coaching and helping women achieve this sense of personal freedom within themselves to, to, to be personally free. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to be doing this work. And it is, it's, um, you know, definitely a part of my myth and my mission and my, my path is to, I think, awaken the feminine, awaken um, balance of the masculine and feminine in our world. So remember kind of at the beginning, I described myself as a very masculine girl growing up, very talkative, mm. um, you know, and that really too has been so much of my journey is finding balance within that, you know, the masculine in me wanted to shove everything down and hold it in and, you know, kind of show up the way that, you know, the women in my life have taught me to show up as, you know, be strong, but the feminine mm -hmm. in me needed to flow, needed to release, needed to let it go. And, um, you know, finding that balance and honor myself, you know, allows me to see and honor, you know, women in my life too, which works to heal that sisterhood wound and, you know, have more compassion and understanding of, you know, where women are coming from or how it is that they're showing up or why it is they're showing up. Um, especially when so many of us are disconnected from our bodies. Yes. And, I think that being disconnected from your body is how we find ourselves stuck in life, especially when we're looking at when people numb their emotions. Those are the people that find themselves susceptible to addiction or mental health uh, issues um, or just that feeling of being stuck in life. Because when you're disconnected from your body, you're numbing your negative emotions, but Again, you're numbing joy and joy needs to be your compass in life. Your joy is linked to your, your intuition. And I have made like a vow to myself that I will always allow joy to be my compass. It's something, um, so you, you guide your life by your five, sorry, what did you call them again? Core, uh, core desired feelings, core desires, core desires. So I, I guide my life by like three, three questions. So anytime that I am making a, making a decision, I ask myself, does this feel in alignment with who I am? If I say yes, okay. Does that alignment bring me joy? Yes. Um, and then the third is, is there an opportunity for growth, which there almost always is. Mm. <laughs> I feel like there's always some sort of a lesson that can be learned in, 
in any situation in life, but it's your responsibility to find the value in the lesson. Yes. So yeah. true. Yeah. And the lesson is really, you know, I think the work, you know, of balancing that, that masculine feminine, that light and that dark, right. You know, we're never not going to only feel love and joy in our life. Right. Um, you know, we live in a sensation based body. We're going to feel these emotions all the time. And that was one of the things that, you know, working with my, my sexuality and getting my certificate to work as a coach an embodiment coach really showed me is that, to find the lesson and or the meaning in the struggle, you know, um, if I hadn't have had, you know, my friends commit suicide, and if I hadn't have experienced that sexual assault, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be an advocate for mental health, for coming home to your body, for, you know, having healthy understanding of our sexuality in our society, right? Like, if any of those things had not happened to me, I I don't know who I would be right now, you know, like, I find value again, right? Like the, the murky, dirty, shitty bottom, you know, and rising up to that beautiful flower. Um, I needed that shit to become, you know, I think the beautiful, vibrant, you know, helpful, healing woman that I am today. Absolutely. It's, it actually speaks on the universal law of polarity Mm -hmm. is that, you know, we can't understand peace without war, or we can't understand love without hate. There always has to be that balance you know we can understand the yin without the yang kind of thing so finding that balance but always looking for value and being kind of like an outside observer in your life and taking a step back and analyzing yourself okay why am I feeling this shit right now (laughs) Mm -hmm. and 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 yeah and finding the value in what can I take from this and what's the polarity yeah yeah um so you, you've talked about your cycle syncing program, which I absolutely love. Do you have any other programs that are in the works that you're thinking of? Or what other workshops do you have? What other types of one-on-one coaching do you offer? Share that with us, please. Yeah. So yes, my cycle thinking container, um, that only opens up on the equinoxes and the solstices. So I work with the energy of the earth around us to open up into these portals to, for women to step into this deepening of information and connection to themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So the next one opening up is going to be March 22nd, which is on the spring equinox. Um, you can also work with me as a, a one-on-one as your coach. So as an embodiment coach, generally within that, I'd like to, um, essentially help people who are looking to enhance their experience in their bodies, to release depression, disconnection, despair, um, to strengthen their relationships, not only with, um, themselves, but also their partners and um hop on an exploratory call with me and then I design a coaching package based off where it is that you want to go so as a coach um you know I'm different than a counselor or a therapist in that sense because um rather than focusing on what it is that you're struggling with and kind of dissecting that I found out what it is that you're struggling with and then where do you want to go what do you want to feel what do you want to achieve and I give you tools and embodiment practices and support you building up the neuronal pathways in your body to help you get there Um, because there's the Hebbian law. The Hebbian law is what fires together, wires together. So essentially Mm. the more that we repeat an action or, you know, create a pathway, um, it fires quicker and quicker and quicker and it eventually becomes automatic, right? So that's what I do as a coach is I help you to find and create pathways in your body that automatically help you to feel empowered, confident, sexy, badass, amazing, whatever it is you're trying to, to, you know, move towards in your life. (laughs) 
And then I'm also recently paired up with the Self-Alignment Center, um, which is a facility that is looking and working to evolve the way we approach mental health um, rather than, and Amber, you are a part of uh, the yes. Center. So, yes. so, so honored to, you know, be on that team and, you know, be connected with you. Actually, you were the one that connected me with that. Um, <laughs> so <Yes>. with, <laughs> Love Self-Alignment Center, which is an affordable way, um, you know, to, have access to consultants, coaches, counselors, um, you know, people who have a story to tell, have a lesson um, that they've lived and learned and are here to help you before your mental health becomes a struggle, before it becomes unbearable. Um, you know, really like looking at our physical health, right? Like millions upon millions of people go to the gym or access fitness classes or move their body consciously because they know that it's good for them. Um, you know, they don't want to, you know, wait to the point where they can't get up off of the couch, right? They're trying to prevent that. Um, mm -hmm. So the center was working like that with our mental health. And I have a few classes, um, you know, through the self-alignment center. Um, one is um, holistic sexuality, um, understanding the missing ingredient of holistic health, and that's diving into sexuality a little bit more. Um, I also have me your shadow, uh, three keys to working with your unconscious mind. And that's helping you to dive in and build kind of that ecological support within yourself to handle, you know, the, the more negative, bad, dark emotions, so to speak, you know, the shadows that we don't like to acknowledge. I also have um, my Wild Woman Connected presentation, Cycle Syncing 101. So if you are interested and want to find out more information about Cycle Syncing, what it's about, um, that's a nice little presentation uh, through the Self-Alignment Center to figure out more about that. And all of these classes, you can book in for um, a one, like as an individual, or you can get a group together and make it even more affordable. So as a one-time booking in, it's $25, or if as a group, it is $100. So if you get 10 or nine other women, you know, it's 10 bucks a class. So Self-Alignment Center is about making it affordable and accessible to, you know, access tools and coaches. Yes, I love the project. And I think this is kind of a little bit off subject, but just the synchronicity about how this, this uh, organization is coming together. How I love how Randy, the founder, um, she has been such a, also a major catalyst in my journey and how like our friendship has come about with, um, synchronicities and how she, we I, I ran into her and she was reading a spirituality book and then we were just like really good friends because <laughs> she was reading this spirituality book and then we got on the topic of like oh yeah I think I'm gonna start a nonprofit and yada 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 just like following the synchronicities but I mm. yeah that's another another topic but um yeah, self alignment center. It is. I'm really excited about that project. I am the director of communications on the on the board for the nonprofit. So I edit all of the social media content, and I actually I create, not edit. I create the social media content, and I edit the bios. So that is. Um, I read Carolee's bio and all of the other consultants, and I am soon. Uh, I'm about to sign my contract to become a consultant as well. So that oh, is exciting. Yes, <laughs> celebrating that, Amber. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Mm. So <clears throat> with regards to your business, what do you think the next step is going to be for you? I mean, you're doing all of these amazing things, but what do you see yourself doing in the future? Maybe not right away, but where do you see your growth going? Mm. Yeah, so currently um, things obviously are, have all moved online. So that is mm -hmm. one 
kind of a cool, amazing, um, you know, thing about the pandemic, I think is, you know, it is forcing people to kind of be reflective, slow down, you know, kind of take a look at themselves. And so online, you know, you can access me anywhere, which I would like to keep my cycle thinking program and, you know, um, you know, things through the self-alignment center open online. But what I would love to see, um, you know, in my business, in my futures, because I love to travel. So again, um, Mm -hmm. trying to follow and find my, my core desired feelings, you know, traveling and moving around makes me feel, um, you know, nourished, you know, being out in nature. So what I would love to see in my business is, you know, uh, it's kind of funny. Um, so jumping into like my truck camper and women booking me to come stay in their community for three months at a time so I can gather in person, um, you know, and guide in person uh, live experiences of cycle syncing, of ritual setting, of moving your body. Um, so I want to work with women and individuals and couples um, in live one-on-one spaces and places. But I see that um, in a way that you know, involves the cycle syncing program and I get to travel around and I get to, you know, pop up in people's cities or places and, you know, create structure for women to create these communities for themselves, you know, create this, you know, connection of cycle syncing, of uh, empowering themselves, of doing this type of work of, you know, banding together, um, you know, in a way that then I can kind of like pop in and pop out, you know, and then it's their setup and their community gets to th- grow and thrive. So really what I'd like to see, you know, is helping more women, um, you know, create this unified connection of healing of, you know, doing the work for themselves, for their generations before them and for their generations to come. Oh, yeah. I, while you were talking about that, I could just imagine, all of this happening. I've seen your, I've seen your camper van in the driveway and I can just (laughs) totally picture you and Sheldon, Carolee's husband, you and Sheldon driving around in your, in your, in your camper van and just living the dream and going around empowering some badass chicks. Yes, Yes. that is the dream. That is the goal. Um, And that's also one of the things that I forgot to mention with the self-alignment center, one of the classes I offer, um, you know, belly fit, it's a moving meditation. I love helping women, you know, again, I love helping people come home to their bodies. And one of the fastest and most powerful ways that I've seen it happen is when we take time to connect and move our bodies. Um, you know, so belly fit is an amazing, uh, class for that too. So that's where, and why I see myself being in person in community, you know, giving that live transmission with people. Yes, I have. That's actually something I've learned from you too um, about tapping into my sexuality. Is I've I've recognized now that sexuality and creativity are linked, and I I have embraced the power of dance, even if it's not when I'm when I'm looking to be sexual, but anytime that I'm wanting to spark that creativity within myself, mm. just like give my hips a little bit of a movement and feel into my body. And sure enough, I get this like spark of inspiration or um, inspired creativity. So that's definitely something that I've learned from you. And it has something that's such a small detail and how that has had a domino effect on my life. I think that, you know, some of the practices that you, that you recommend, they are very simple. So anybody can, anybody can follow these, uh, these suggestions or these practices, but it makes such a big difference and it's so easily applicable into your life. Like how hard is it for a person to spend 30 seconds doing a little bit of hip movement to get themselves creatively or sexually fired up? Like, 
that's so simple. And anybody can do that. And yeah, like I said, it's made a big difference in my life. So Oh, I love yeah. that you do that, Amber, you know, and just, you know, for the women that are listening, you know, if you, you want to tap into this simple, easy to use practice, you know, one of the ways that I like to stress the importance of it is, you know, by describing like our hips, you know, our pelvis contains our life force energy, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. you know, the, the ability to create life, you know, lives down in our hips and our belly. And we live in a society that very much teaches women to, you know, have a perfect physique, if you will. And, you know, so, so many of us are sucking our belly in or wearing, you know, a control top, you know, there's a lot of compression and holding and, and tightening in down and around in our hips and our pelvis. And as women, we tend to carry our stress, you know, down in our hips and our, our, our low bellies and our back, low backs and our glutes and stuff. So by taking that time to just, you know, even put on one song and just get up and roll and move your hips and shift and shake, um, you know, it creates, you know, blood flow, you know, down to the mm. area for so many of us is stagnant. You know, the only time we really pay attention, you know, to down there um, is if, you know, something's going wrong or, you know, our part, you know, we're trying to engage with our partners and so many women struggle, you know, with getting their motors going because throughout our days, we are just stiff, we're tight, we're holding, we're stuck in these seated, seated positions and there's no circulation and movement for our life force energy. So yeah. it's so simple to turn on one song and just rock and roll those hips, baby. Yes. Do some snaps. <laughs> <laughs> So as we come to a close with this podcast, can you think of one major takeaway or one mm, piece of advice that you could offer to our listeners for embodying, embodying themselves? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think the the tip or the tool or the or sorry, can you repeat the question again one more time? Or I want to make to 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 help one tip or um, suggestion that you might have to help people, I guess, connect with themselves or to um, achieve that embodiment Mm -hmm. of themselves. Yes. Okay. There we go. Um, Absolutely. So that would be slowing down your breath by taking big, deep, slow breaths and deep, slow, relaxing exhales. That's the fastest wow. way to, yes, <laughs> yes. The fastest way to, um, you know, connect down into your body is when we slow our breathing. Um, again, you know, when we are breathing um, fast and shallow, um, it tends to live up in our chest, our breath. But when we slow that breathing down, it comes down into our low belly, our hips. Um, it takes up space. It activates the parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest restore response inside of the body. So slowing your breathing down. And I like to do inhale for four, pause for four, exhale for four, hold for four, do that cycle three or four times. And you will notice a huge difference in how you feel inside of your body. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that a lot of your business is online right now. Where can we find you in the online world to connect with you, whether it be to get to know you one-on-one or participate in your programs, workshops, et cetera? How can we find you? What's your Instagram handle, et cetera? Give us the good stuff. And we'll find this in the, the show notes as well, in case you listeners don't write this down, but please tell us where we can find you. 
Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook. You can find my uh, Love Unleashed business page. Um, I think to search that you would go Kara, C-A-R-A dot Love Unleashed. And mm-hmm. that would bring you straight to my page or you can go Love Unleashed. Um, so type that in. But if you see any pictures of dogs or um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> There's a lot of Love Unleashed like, pet loving people out there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so that's where it would help be helpful if you do Kara dot Love Unleashed. Uh, on Facebook, or you can find me on Instagram at Kara Rast, C-A-R-A-R-A-S-T. Um, again, that's my, my Love Unleashed profile. You're going to um, find my tips, my story, um, my, you know, high quality resources and information that I use throughout my life on those pages, as well Wonderful. as for yeah, programs and, and upcoming launches and stuff like that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. For the listeners out there, if you had any major breakthroughs or takeaways, please feel free to screenshot this episode, share it in your stories, tag Carolee and I. We'd love to hear about any breakthroughs or um, any feedback that you have about this episode. Please share that with us. And Look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. So thank you again, Kara Lee. And I hope to potentially have you on the podcast again in the future. (laughs) I look forward to it, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Okay, bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am truly honored that you have entrusted me to fill your cup with all the good stuff. If this episode blew your mind, please show me some love by downloading and subscribing, a small, simple action that helps me share my mission with more people. Did you have any major breakthroughs? I want to hear about them. By screenshotting this episode and tagging me on Instagram or Facebook, you can follow me on Instagram at confidently.amber for daily confidence building tips and updates about my workshops, programs, and freebies. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to connecting in the next episode. Mwah.